the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Our series is simply called No Go Grow. Question today, are you growing in Christ? Let's talk about that next, here on Truth For Today. From Valley Bible Church in Hercules, welcome. This is Truth For Today. Pastor Phil Howard is continuing with our series called Know, Grow, Go. And today we focus in on that growing part. Are you growing in Christ? Jeremiah 17 and verse 8 will be our springboard, if you will, as we take a look at what it means to grow in Christ and how you do just that. With some marvelous truths from God's Word about growing in Him, Here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Listen to Jeremiah 17, 8. Talks about the blessed man who trusts in the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water. He, he's planted by the right resources. That sends out its roots by the stream. And does not fear when heat comes. For its leaves remain green. And is not anxious in the year of drought. For it does not cease to bear fruit. No matter the external circumstances of this tree. It has a source to streams that sustain it in every kind of circumstance life, whatever, its leaf doesn't wither, fruit doesn't cease. And yet, I'm concerned when I see people in the church that uh, seem to be barren. Maybe that's not a true perception, but I'm reminded of the four parables. Uh, The one parable Jesus told in Matthew 13, there were four soils one had an immediate response. Something sprung up. The sun comes out. It wilts. Another one, it springs up, lasts for a while. Persecution trials come. It wilts. A third one comes. It springs up. It, the seed is destroyed by the birds of the air. It's gone. Only one of the four soils bears any fruit. Which one pictured someone being saved? The one that bore fruit. Jesus said, how do you know what a person is except by the fruit they bear? A tree is known by its fruit. Let me ask you in your life, a most important question for all of us, what fruit that is manifesting God's life in you, Christ in you, how, uh, what fruit is going on in your life? Whether that's service, character, love for his word, love for people. How are you growing in Christ? 
And uh, let me just show you three verses that said we should grow. And then we'll, these are the commands, three commands that the believer should be growing in Christ. Uh, look at Ephesians 4. Today I'm going to kind of take you all over the Bible to break it in, to get the gold off the pages. Turn into uh, Ephesians 4. Look at verse 15. He says he's given gifted men to help equip the saints. And in their equipping of the saints, they become people who speak the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, that is to Christ. We are saved to grow up. Some measurement, and First John talks about babes, young men, mature men. We are to grow up into Christ, and I assume that would be that we're looking like Christ, we're acting like Christ. He's the measurement that we ought to grow up into Christ, all that he wants us to be. Then, go with me to First Peter 2. 1 Peter 2, and we'll come back to this, talking about the Word of God, how powerful it is, that human beings are like grass, they're here in the morning, they're gone in the evening, but the Word of the Lord endures forever. Then he says of believers, verse 1, chapter 2, So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, like newborn babes or infants, Long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up. Grow up into salvation. Grow up to be everything for which you were saved. Are you growing up in that? Okay. Now look at Second Peter. Just next book over. Second Peter 3. 3.18. But grow in obnoxiousness, crankiness, and know-it-allness. Now, grace. Are you any more gracious than when God started with you? Because when Jesus came, according to John 1, the law came by Moses, but what came by Christ? Grace and truth. The only perfect being that's ever been a human being is the one filled with the most compassion, the most love, and the most grace. Knowing God turns you into a gracious person. I know people who say they know the, and believe the doctrines of grace that still aren't gracious. Their character doesn't match their theology. And so he says, I want you to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we've got three explicit commands. Now, how do you grow? How do you grow with God? Well, it's a divine human cooperative. Does God sovereignly save people? Will he save them without you or somebody? His word. Because his word preaches by itself. How shall they hear without God preaching? God uses people to accomplish his purpose. 
I was with Charles Ryrie years ago in a Bible conference, and he took, used the golden rule of prayer. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. He said, I dare you to pray for something and see if God doesn't use you to answer the thing you pray for. Dear Lord, meet this need. I want to be careful. Meet this need. Meet this need. Well, I will. You meet it. No, I was praying you'd burden someone else. I'm going to use you to answer your own prayer. God save this person. God save this person. Work in their heart. Work in their life. Well, I don't want to go visit them. I don't want to uh, invite them for dinner. I don't want to have any contact. Just save them, Lord. Save them. Over there. He, he, there's a divine human cooperative. Two verses. Philippians 2 says this, verse 12. Work out your own salvation. Did he say work for your salvation? He said work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is energizing you to be willing and to be doing of his good pleasure. You work it out. I'll supply the will. I'll supply even the power. But it's a cooperative. I want you to pursue it. I God does not nullify human will when he saves you. And don't talk to me about Calvinists or Arminians. I've read them. God didn't cancel my will. When I sinned, it was my will that sinned. It wasn't God's sovereignty. God has chosen ends, but he's also chosen means. God will never save without someone preaching, sharing Christ. You've got to do it. Are you willing to be the means? He'll do his part. Are we doing ours? Work out your salvation with fear and trembling as God is energizing our will to be willing and energizing us with the power to be doing. What a wonderful cooperative. I just do what he says, and I'll give you the energy to do it. Now, here's another verse, Second Peter 3. This is Rich Rollins' classic. Seemed like every time I asked him to preach, he'd go to this passage. He loved it. Second uh, Peter 3, 5. For this very reason, make every effort, every passive, do it to me, Lord, No, you make the effort to supplement your faith, faith in Christ. That's the only thing that's a given here. He's given you faith to believe. He's given you faith for the Christian life. Now, I want you to use it and make an effort with your faith to do this. Now, notice what he wants. Add to your faith excellence. The word virtue is excellence, excellence of character. Knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness. This gets gooey. Brotherly affection with love. Well, come on. If I love my brother David because he's my physical brother, that's good enough. No, loving with family affection. By the way, add love to it. Well, every family loves each other. Are you kidding I want you to love with an affection that is family kind of love, the kind among brothers, and then add on that love. If these qualities are yours and are increasing, 
They keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord. For whoever lacks these qualities is nearsighted, he's blind, he's forgotten, he's been cleansed, he's barren. Do you mean I could be saved and not be adding these things? God, just do it. Just yield. And it'll happen. Well, it seems to incline that there's some of your effort involved. Have you ever lost weight just by praying about it? And the whole church is guilty. Do you do your, does God do your exercise for you? Carol and I are three-day wonders. We go three days on and three days to recuperate. God doesn't mow my lawn. God won't do for us what we can do for ourselves. And passive Christians that just think you're going to sit, come and sit in a church meeting and just sit, hear the preacher, and get home before the game starts and you're going to grow. You're not going to grow. You're not making any effort to grow. It doesn't just happen. Have you ever seen people say, man, they know the word. Huh? Lord, uh, tonight, help me to know the word. Get it in there, Lord. I feel it. Oh, it's running up and down me. What does the verse say? I don't know. Dumbo. You're not making any effort. You, you won't go to a Bible study. You won't learn how to study. Because you got 20 years of experience in church. Uh, and you think, it's like a resume. 20 years experience. One year learning and 20 years repeated. I've been going in circles for 20 other years. I haven't gained any skill. I haven't gained any knowledge. I haven't gained any experience. I'm not wiser than I was 20 years ago. I'm not more fruitful than I was. Well, then I had a lot of enthusiasm because I was just saved, you know, and you're kind of crazy when you first get saved. I've learned to be mature. That means you're cooled off. And the proof, I think of our, our Awana ministry. I see Marilyn there, my wife, Marion. You, you know, we've got a great Awana ministry, and it's run on the shoulders of a lot of people that are 50 years old plus, and I'm being gracious in the 50. There's a woman in her 90s. When do you grow to the place, I'll help serve. I like to pass it on. I like to be gracious to some young child. I like, wait, wait. Where did you get off? Where do you get in the yoke? Well, I'm praying. I'm waiting on the Lord. No, you're waiting on lazy you. The Lord been ready a long time. See, a lot of saints are like a bad film. They're overexposed and underdeveloped. Now, what, uh, what hinders saints from growing? What hinders them? Let me look at uh, just a few verses to convict you. Uh, look at 1 Corinthians 3. Look at this. He starts out verse 3 1. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people. Who is he writing? Is he writing to Joe's Pool Hall? Corinthians, saints in Christ. Verse 1, verse 2 of chapter 1. He's writing to the saints, he's writing to you and I. 
And I couldn't write to you. Can you imagine me getting up here as a pastor? Well, I'd like to teach you folks the word. I've been getting requests to do the book of Revelation. But you're such babies, you can barely get the basic truths. That's what he's saying. Wouldn't that be pitiful? You mean, you've always got to have the same stuff? Yeah. Because I'm so old in God, you've got to part my whiskers to give me a bottle. I mean, I've been in church for years, but I'm still an infant. I, I, I just can't take strong teaching. All right. But as people of the flesh, and, and flesh, that's where the word carnal, and I've got MacArthur's commentary. He deals with carnal Christians, people that act fleshly. Now, do you act this way? Let's see. They're like infants. In Christ. And you mothers could describe this better than me. But infants don't do anything but take. Feed me, change me, goo goo gaga me, and give me whatever I want. Is that, a, is that an infant? Help me out, moms. So they're like infants. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Well, how do you know we're this way, Paul? Well, I, I know that you people are um, still the flesh because you're jealous. There's a lot of strife among you. Uh, you're behaving like natural men. And uh, you're in the party spirit. You're Paul. You're of Apollos. And, uh, and this church eventually throws Paul out. Second Corinthians is all about it. They don't want him. They, they run him out of town. They won't have him. No, this is a vicious church eventually. It's a scary church. If you attended this church, if you bumped into someone's car, they'd sue you. In the church parking lot, by the way. In Jesus' name. <laughs> this is a church that uh, was sleeping with each other all the time. Sex was open game. Hey, we're church members. Don't tell me who we sleep with. This is Corinthian church. These are saints. He calls them saints. I didn't. Uh, I mean, it, it was a vicious place. They got a guy uh, sleeping with his stepmother in chapter 5. Would you go to a church where well, there's a boy in this church sleeping with his mom? And the church said, that's okay, that's normal. Well, I, I know it's normal in America now, but it wasn't normal for God's people. The nation's been living like animals for years, but God's people are redeemed. They, they're redeemed from this paganism. They're redeemed from pagan America. He said, you're not right. He goes over to Hebrews. He said, you're inexperienced. You don't know how to handle the word. And and so he knows that conditions come among us that uh, keep us from growing. Let me, uh, I think of these hindrances that to our growth. Remove anything that's keeping you from growing. Like they had to get rid of the party spirit, jealousy, First Peter 2 says, get rid of malice, get rid of slander. You, you've got to deal with those sucker branches that grow up on the vine that are sapping the life out of you. Do you have anything going on in your life now that's sapping your growth? Any sin you won't deal with. I get uh, Christianity Today, a magazine, I get Leadership Magazine, I get a lot of different magazines, and, and this... 
Some of these magazines, I believe it might have been leadership, every month I got it, do something about purity in your church. Purity. And I, I started reading that, and the stats were, did you know that 80% of men in evangelical churches see porn once a week? I said, what? Then they went, 65% of pastors say they see it. No, 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 you're kidding. No, no, we're not. And this purity group starting all over the country. We, we like to start one. Matt Nicosia said, man, pastor, you don't know how many of our men are struggling with pornography. Can you have a good pornography life and be growing? So I never had to deal with porn because I never owned a computer. I just had a typewriter. Playboy was the hottest thing in town. But it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Your 13-year-old is seeing it probably every week. They got a little mechanism. They just push a button. And your little 13-year-old boys can see all the naked women they want. This is our culture. This is our technology. And don't kid yourself. It's not happening. It is happening. So, so, what do you have growing in your life that's sapping all the growth you could have in Christ. You're entrenched maybe in this, this appetite you're feeding. Maybe you don't like people. You hate people. You might be into slander like these were. Envy. Uh, uh, relational disputes constantly going, constantly going. And, and it's sapping you. It's keeping you from becoming this person that grows up into Christ, bearing fruit that will be eternal. After all the fussing with people, after all the naked women, after all the porno, what do you have to show at the end of the day? You're scary to me, and I say this to you men, and to this whole explosion. I heard Robbie Zacharias say it on the radio as I came to church today. What is so bad about this pornography thing, I just want to say it, is what our culture has been taught to do is you isolate one aspect of life called sex. Sex. And uh, Ravi's daughter works in the sex trade to rescue girls in India. And she says most of the girls have been captured, sold, beaten, and raped into having to be prostitutes. They had no will in it. They were sold. They were captured. The men who did it grew up on pornography and have a view of sex that it's an event that you pursue. It's a uh, 30-minute window for a climax. And they've divorced it totally from personhood. I, 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 don't, I don't want to get married. There's a person involved there. I want one event. I'm all about Sex. Sex isn't love. Sex isn't commitment. Sex isn't building a home. Sex is not why God gave sex. God gave sex to be one of the great benefits and covenant binding forces in married people. But you've got to have persons involved in marriage. And we've learned to divorce this whole aspect of life from personhood. So who cares if we rape this girl? We have the event. We don't care about her person. She's just an object to be used for a moment's fix. This 
is the culture. And the Corinthians grew up on this. And so he's telling these Christians, you've got to deal with what saps you, the images of the mind. You've got to get rid of it. Start filling yourselves with the Word of God. Start filling you with this pure milk of the gospel that will begin to replace the garbage. The old computer language garbage in, garbage out. Get the garbage out of our heart, and oh, what a battle that is. And this is Truth For Today, the radio ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, and our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. Thank you for spending time with us today. As always, it is a pleasure and a delight studying God's Word with you that we might mutually grow in our love and admiration for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you have questions about today's program, maybe you have a question about your own walk or relationship with the Lord, we would love to talk with you. No strings attached. Give us a call, and we'd be more than happy to answer any questions we can or pray with you. By the way, men, we would invite you to join us for our Valley Bible Church Men's Conference, Walking to Win. You know, life is a journey, and how you get through it matters. Abiding in Him makes all the difference in the world. This series will be taken from John chapter 15, and again, the conference is called Walking to Win. It's Friday, March 9th, check in at 5.30, and Saturday, March 10th, with breakfast at 8 a.m. The price includes dinner Friday evening, breakfast, and lunch on Saturday, and each attendee's packet will include a free book that will be useful on your journey, a DVD, conference booklet, pen, and snacks. Again, that's Friday, March 9th, and Saturday, March 10th. The early bird special is $45 until the end of this month. After that, it's $60 a person, $30 for Saturday only. For information, simply stop by our website or give us a call. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Or better yet, stop by our website and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can find us at truthfortodayradio.org. That's truth for todayradio.org. So contact us today at 855-833-9864 or stop by truthfortodayradio.org. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.